Zahal, and welcome to the A Thousand Lives broadcast, the go-to podcast for all things related to Christian missions in China. This is Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A.org. There you'll also find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends as well as to help you encourage others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, in last week's episode, we got to hear all about the strategy of Griffith John, aka the Spurgeon of China, for picking a city in China to base church planning ministry out of. The episode was a deep dive into all the considerations that come into play when deciding where exactly to start a church within a country. For all of you out there who are of a more strategy type persuasion, it's sure to be an episode you won't want to miss. Pause this episode right now and download that one before proceeding to be sure you have it saved for later. You're not going to want to miss it. As always, never miss an episode of the A Thousand Lives broadcast by going ahead and subscribing on your podcasting platform of choice. We're on Apple, Google, Podbean, Edify, and so much more. Head on over to visionforchina.org slash podcast. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T for a complete directory of where you can listen in online. Subscribing will set you up to get a notification each Monday morning as new episodes drop. Alternatively, you can find Vision for China on Facebook where giving us a like will keep you up to date with occasional posts about what our team is up to as well as what we're talking about here on the podcast. If you're more of the Instagram persuasion, you can find and follow Vision for China there as well. And remember, if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a review or comment too. The more interaction the podcast gets, the more likely it is to be recommended to others. Help us get the word out that Jesus needs to be made much of in China. And also, if you're an overachiever and want to go that extra mile, go right ahead and share the broadcast on Facebook or Instagram, or maybe send a personal email to that person you know who is teaching English in China currently, or that person at church considering getting involved in missions. We would Vision for China are asking the Lord to raise up more preachers to go to China with the gospel. And we want to get the word out that there are opportunities to serve the Lord in this awesome country. Sending someone a quick link to this podcast or sharing with them on social media might just be the first time they've heard that there is actually a way to preach and minister full-time in China. They may have never heard of all the opportunities to make Jesus known through preaching and serving Him there. So go ahead and share with them. They'll probably thank you for it. Well, for today's episode, I am joined by Ty, a missionary with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. Per usual with our interview podcast, since we want to give Ty plenty of time to share his heart for the Lord and for China with us, we are going to forego the China region of the week and jump straight into the interview. I am here with Ty, missionary with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. Uh, say hello there for us, Ty. Hello. It's good to be here. All right. Well, good to have you here. Well, I guess just to jump right into things, if you would go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, what's your story? How'd you get saved? And, and all those things. Yes, absolutely. Well, I grew up in a small town in Northern California near the Oregon border. It was a great place to grow up. Um, and I have a great family. My parents are wonderful. Um, did have something that happened when I was young, though. They got divorced, and that uh, when that happened, uh, I had a lot of freedom 
with my life, and uh, so I ended up doing a lot of things that I shouldn't have done. I made a lot of bad choices and lived a very destructive lifestyle during that time, and that was through my junior high and uh, high school years. Uh, but I just was never really satisfied with life. I realized that uh, if I continued going down the road that I was, that I would uh, most likely not have a very good life. I could tell that my choices always ended in terrible consequences. And so I decided, you know, I had to do something about that. Well, thankfully, I did have a little bit of church background. I was uh, picked up by a bus in the third grade. And during that time, I heard about Jesus. And I didn't get saved during that time, but I remember thinking I really like Jesus. And so whenever he was mentioned or I was around, I always was favorable towards church and towards him. Uh, but I didn't go to church and I didn't have any relationship with him. But I thought maybe he could help me when I was about ready to graduate high school. I started thinking about life and I realized that I need help. So I decided to go to church. I walked into church uh, one day. It was in a little small little country church called, it was being held at the Greenhorn Grange which is kind of like a rancher's meeting house, a community hall. And I walked in there, sat down, not knowing really what to expect. Hadn't been in church in many, many years. Um, but I, as I heard the gospel, I heard that, um, that, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I knew that that was me. I knew that I was a sinner. Not only had I broken God's laws, but I'd broken man's laws. And so as I realized that, I realized I was in trouble because he said that the wages of sin is death. And he explained that that death means eternal separation from God. And I knew that that's what I deserved. I knew that that's what I had earned uh, from my, my own actions and my own uh, lifestyle. And so I knew I was in big trouble, but thankfully he didn't stop there. He went on to say the second part of that verse, Romans 6.23, which says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that day I realized that I was a sinner. I needed to repent. I put my faith in Christ and I was born again. And I knew I was saved that day. I knew that something had changed dramatically in my life. And of course, since I was just, the Bible describes this as babes in Christ, I did not know exactly all that meant. I just knew something uh, dramatic had happened in my life. And so I determined to uh, live for God however I could, but I didn't know, have a lot of information. And so I, I tried to put off things. And as I try to put off those things, I realized that I wasn't doing the, uh, I learned this later, that you also need to put on things, uh, as, as it says in the Bible. And so I uh, was trying to put off things, put off, and not do the things that I used to do because I was just convicted by them. Mm -hmm. And as I, I did that, I became really lonely because I separated myself from my friends because I realized if I hang out with them, then I'm not going to, uh, that, I, that I'll be doing those things I shouldn't do. Right. But then I, that loneliness kind of overtook me. And so there was a period of time where I went back to my friends, um, but never satisfied with that. I knew that this wasn't the way I wanted to live. And so it was a couple years of that. It was in college. Um, but then I went to a men's uh, Bible camp type thing, a retreat. And uh, during that time, I recommitted my life to the Lord. And that really, uh, from that moment on, I started walking with him because at that I learned that I needed to be going to church. I needed to be sharing my, the gospel with others. I needed to be given to the church. I needed to be praying and read my Bible. And uh, so all those things helped me to then put on the things that I needed to put on. And so I, and I had the fellowship of the church. And so it was things that, uh, so it really catapulted me in, in growing in the Lord. I soon met my wife, Rebecca, which we've been married for almost 28 years now. Next month will be 28 years. And uh, we've just we determined to live for God however we could uh, when we got married, and then uh, soon thereafter we had two daughters. Uh, our young oldest daughter is Emma, and 
Uh, she's a church planning missionary headed to Argentina with her husband. And then our younger daughter, Abigail, uh, she's uh, a church uh, missionary going to Honduras with her husband. And we're grateful that they want to serve the Lord. And because that was our desire, that was our prayer, is that they would. Uh, we served God as a family. And, and so as we moved out, we moved out to Georgia in 1999. So I get in the technical field. Well, if you don't mind, Ty, sure, so just, absolutely. just to clarify, yeah. so a family of missionaries, and you're all getting ready to leave for the field. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. So our, Abby, the youngest, is actually leaving first. Uh, she's okay. leaving next month at the beginning part of the month, and then uh, we'll be leaving in the middle part of the month. And okay. then uh, Emma and her husband will be leaving uh, towards the end of the year. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yep. That's... Makes for exciting times. I'm it sure. does. It, it's a, a house divided, but in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sending those arrows out all over the world. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Okay. And so we moved out to uh, Georgia in 1999, and that, uh, and we just were growing in the Lord, uh, just kind of uh, going in. Uh, you know, we, we started serving at a, we, we wanted to go to a Bible church at, uh, where church uh, taught the Bible. That was our main focus. And so independent Baptist churches were where that was happening. And so that's how we got we, we chose to go to independent Baptists and became independent Baptists in that sense because we realized they teach the Bible and they live out what the Bible says. And that was our desire. That's what we learned out uh, in California. Um, but it was great to be a part of that. And during that time, I was asked to get into leadership at, a, at our a previous church that we were going to. And Okay. And that just uh, the Lord had been working in my life before that time, uh, specifically in Second uh, Corinthians chapter number five. You know where it says that that um, that the love of Christ constraineth us. Mm -hmm. You know it, that constraint means that he, it should grab a hold of us. And I was just yeah. meditating on that verse one day, and I realized, you know, I need to live because after that verse, it, Paul says it's just logically. He says, "I thus judge," mm -hmm. meaning it it if. If the, Jesus was willing to die for me, I had to live for him, is what the, the, the passage says. And right. I realized, you know, that is so true. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I know, you know, that's kind of basic, but at the same time, if you don't stop and think about it, you may just, right. you know, live, you know, live out the Christian life and try to do the best you can. But really, he's saying that if he died for you mm -hmm. so that you could have eternal life, then you ought to live. Your life should be completely his. It says it in Romans 12 a different way. It says that we should present ourselves as a living sacrifice and yeah and those verses uh just really grabbed a hold of me and i realized i need to start doing more i need to step up uh serving him i need to ask him how he wants me to serve and so i was able to get in leadership in that church and um uh, my pastor there taught me how to you know we went out uh knocking on doors and mm -hmm. i had shared the gospel a lot over the years but never in that what's we call confrontational evangelism you know where you where you go and you bring up the subject and you just do it that way and so it just really taught me a lot there taught me about leadership taught me about how hard ministry could be and right. different things like that and um, so that was a, a great time of growing and then we moved to um, Vision Baptist Church in 2012 and we just continue okay. been growing and I think we'll talk <clears throat> more about you know that in a few minutes here but okay. that's kind of that's kind of my life story in a nutshell okay i gotcha yeah well so um and that does kind of lead into my next question which is so 
you've you've made this shift to full-time missions yeah um, and here you are getting ready to within a matter of weeks to leave for the mission field so before that shift took place uh, kind of what were you and your family up to yeah so uh, I was working for um, a technology company and uh, it was I was able to work in my home uh, it was a very good career I was working in the software support uh, I was a tier three engineer uh, I managed a team of I was, I was more on the technical side I managed the product more than the the, the people uh, but I did have a group of team uh, that I worked with and I uh, did that worked at home uh, worked a lot of hours but it was a great job I was able to we homeschooled our girls and so I was able to be there with them and help out in that area because I was more the math teacher and the science teacher Okay. And uh, so we were doing that. Um, we uh, both our girls they went to Pensacola and they graduated there, uh, but they we homeschooled them up to that point and um, they're they're doing great that way. And we were just serving the local church as well. Uh, so I was just thinking that's what we would continue to do. I was able to uh, preach in the prison ministry and uh, I led assisted living home ministry, and we were able to serve. And then here at the local church, um, we uh, ministered as well at Vision. And so that's kind of what we were doing. I was just working a full-time job and serving on the side kind of thing. And when the Lord um, called me into missions. Okay. Um, so you mentioned uh, prison ministry, things like that. Were any other type of ministry going on at Vision uh, before making the switch uh, to the full-time missions? Yeah. Track? So at um, so the prison ministry is more at the... Well, I did some here at Vision as well, but at our previous church and as well as assisted living home. But here at Vision, I was a, a adult Sunday school teacher. Okay. I was a deacon in the church. Um, we also helped with the youth and uh, did outreach, um, tried to do it every week, uh, worked on that. And then uh, we, we cleaned the church for a while and did just different things. Any way that we could minister. I always, uh, when I'm on deputation, we, I tell people that one of my favorite verses is in Corinthians where it talks about the house of Stephanus. Do you know what the house of Stephanus is known, known for? You know, I. Uh-huh. It's one of those God. things that, yeah, it's one of those things that just it kind of doesn't stick out. But it says that he, his house was addicted to the ministry. Okay. And see, so the reason why I like that is because I was addicted to a lot of things in high school, and uh, none of them good. And so I thought, you know, when I came across that verse one day, I told my family, I said, "This is what we're going to be addicted to. We're going to okay. be addicted to the ministry." And go. so we were just trying to serve. We we had, we like to serve in many different areas, and we enjoyed it. We we had so much fun. We try to do it as a family always, mm-hmm. because uh, I really think that's the way to go. Not not to, you know, have your kids serving in one place and you're, you're you serving somewhere and your wife serving somewhere else it's better to serve as a family because then you're growing together and you're you're able to help them and lead them and guide them and and so we just had a lot of fun and i always tried to make it fun uh, when we did ministry um, you know even when we were cleaning the church when we got first got to vision i just i, I would try to whistle and sing uh, hymns while i did it not so much because you know it's not really that fun to clean a toilet right but if you make it fun, it can be fun. You can make anything fun. And so yeah. that was one of the things that I tried to do and encourage them with that so my girls would see that, that, hey, this is, we can have fun doing this. And then we would try to go out, you know, for lunch or something afterwards. And, but it's just those kind of things that I, we always try to do. But we, we love serving at Vision. Vision's a, you know, was great, is a great church, and we just love uh, serving here. Yeah, that's great. Being mm-hmm. a thermostat, not a thermometer. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Amen. The, Amen. The, setting the way things are mm-hmm. in your family. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so um, that's all kind of, I guess, your story up until maybe a couple, three years ago. Yeah. And then 
this this shift, and it is it is a big shift. It is uh, to to missions, full time missions, and then of all places to the Chinese. Mm-hmm. And, and so how how did that come about? What what was the Lord doing in your heart? What were you thinking? I'm sure that question has been asked in both a more positive and a negative sense um, over the last few years. Uh, what all went on in, in that that transition? Yeah, you're exactly right. It has been asked in both positive and negative ways. Uh, but what, you know, it really was, I love the story, and I, I love it just because it's God. You know, it's all about Him, and, and it's all, you know, to the glory of Jesus Christ. Uh, Amen. It's not about me, but I do love the story just because we were here at Vision just thinking, you know, we were, you know, I, oh, another thing I was doing is leading the Oakville ministry, which is a ministry right. we have at Vision where you uh, uh, connect families in the church with missionaries so that there's a kind of a team there's a a rope holding in between the two and uh, so I you know I love doing that I thought that's what we would do at Vision I mean I was just thinking I'm teaching Sunday school I'm a deacon uh, you know we're doing the Yokeville ministry I get we get to help out with youth. you know just those different things that's all I was focused on I wasn't thinking missions at all in the sense of us going Right. Uh, that, you know, Lord had worked in my life in college towards that end, but that was a long time ago. And, uh, you know, I don't know if uh, I'll just say, I mean, I'm 52 years old, which is a little bit different than some of the guys going to the field for the first time. And right. so I was just, we were just serving here uh, at the church, uh, as mentioned. And, but, I, you know, I like to read my Bible, and I was reading my Bible. Um, well, let me back up just a little bit. So the year before, Mark, a missionary in China, had asked, if we'd be willing to take a group of young people over to China. And I was his yoke fellow at the time, and uh, so I said, well, sure, we'll, we'll be glad to do that. I, I must say it was stepping out of my comfort zone a little. I'd never been to China, and I'm okay. supposed to be leading this group over there. I had actually really never been on a mission trip that I had any leadership role in. Okay. And so I was. Uh, it was a lot of my comfort zone, but I was praying, and God helped me to do all the steps. Mark was real good about helping me to line out the steps, and so I just was in charge of getting the guys that were going in my family, uh, getting them lined up to do all the things they needed to do. Well, in that year's process, I was reading my Bible uh, one morning, and it happened to be Matthew chapter number 9. And towards the end, 36 through 38, says that, you know, that Jesus had compassion on the multitude. Mm-hmm. And then he said, right after that, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And then he asked, will you pray? For the laborers, because you know, pray to the Lord of the harvest that He would send forth laborers in His harvest. Mm-hmm. And one morning, you know how the Holy Spirit does. Uh, you know, you can read your the same passage over and over again, and sometimes it's just like reading any kind of words. But other times, the Holy Spirit illuminates those passages. And this morning, in particular, He just just illuminated that passage to me, and I realized for the first time what it was saying. Uh, I often say this uh, in my deputation messages, but I'll say it here as well, is it reminded me of blueberry bushes, okay? So we have okay. blueberry bushes in our backyard uh, in our previous house that we had before we sold it to get ready to go. And those blueberry bushes, during the time that they're in season, mm-hmm. the every day a certain number of blueberries become ripe. Okay. But if someone doesn't go and pick those blueberries, a laborer, then they fall to the ground and they perish. Hmm. And Jesus, in his illustration, giving us the, the, the agricultural illustration there, he's saying that that's the way the world is. There's people hmm. all over the world that are ready to hear the gospel, yeah. but there's not enough laborers taking the gospel to them. Yeah. And that just that's broke good. my heart. And I realized at least I can do, 
I also say this, you know, it's really the only time that Jesus says specifically to pray for something. You know, he tells us to watch and pray. He tells us how to pray. But there he's, it's almost like a Wednesday night prayer meeting, right? And he said, any prayer requests out there? And Jesus raises his hand and says, yeah, there's people dying and going to hell. Would you raise your hand? I mean, would you pray that yeah. there will, we'll send more laborers to the harvest? And mm. And I just realized that that morning. And so I started praying. I wrote it down on my prayer list. And I started begging God for more laborers. I, I prayed for China. I prayed for all the, the continents and different countries and just asking God to raise up more laborers. And one morning, as I was doing that, God spoke to me very clearly. And he said, will you go? Hmm. And, you know, it's... Uh, it was, you know, my I was very settled. I was very, things were going very well for us. Things were uh, making very good money. Uh, had a house. Right. My family's doing well. Everything's. I working at home. Didn't have to deal with Atlanta traffic. I mean, <laughs> everything's going well. Wow. I, I had the American dream. Sure. And God's saying, "Will you go?" Um, but it was. I must say, God had already prepared my heart, so it was an easy answer. Is it was, it was mm. you know, yes, Lord, you know. Plus, right? That's the only thing. That's the only answer you give the one you call Lord. Yeah. I mean, you know, but that's right. it was easy because, you know, I'm glad you asked about my testimony a little bit because he saved me from a life of destruction on this earth. I mean, I was, that's where I was headed. If he wouldn't intervene at the age of 18, I would have, I would have been, I can't even imagine what my life would be like. Right. And yet he had blessed me and I was in this place of great blessing. Hmm. And he was asking me to change that. And yes, it was going to be hard, but it was, it was yes. And so uh, then we landed in China two months later because that's the trip that we were asked okay. to go on. And when I got there, you know, that first part of that verse, it says, you know, when, when he saw the, when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Yeah. Well, you've been to China. You yeah. know what you see in China. You see multitudes. Yeah. China might count as a multitude, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so. I just looked out. We were we were in a high rise that we stayed at the place. We had a little uh, one bedroom studio apartment that we rented. Okay. Um, we were there 21 days. We were able mm. to go 10 days early, uh, 11 days early from the the rest of the group because my work had found out that I was uh, going to be there, and they asked if I would come early and train. And okay. so we were able to do that, which was really a, an amazing. Well, that's a whole other story, which I can go into later, but the fact that my, my work was even that close, it was two kilometers away from Mark's house, which is wow. unbelievable because you, you know the size of Dalian. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was that close. But it just worked out huh. wonderful that we were able to spend that extra 11 days there. And Rebecca was able to go around, as my wife was able to go around, and the girls were able to go around and see with the missionary wife and see how life is on the mission field. So your your family of, at the time of four. Yes. All there, twenty one days, and your work had a like a branch or an office within walking distance of the missionary's mm -hmm. home, and just I guess just to make sure, Dalian's what six seven million people. Yes. Mm -hmm. City in China, which is you know well over a billion people, mm -hmm. um, but of all the cities. They had a branch in this city. Maybe they have them in other no, cities no. too. No, 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 only one call only center in, this one city. in in my division. Only one in all of China. Wow! And it was in that city. Huh. <laughs> and so it's in this city. It's within walking distance of the missionary's house. Yeah. And so you're there for a few extra days, a week mm -hmm. or so extra. Yeah, eleven days extra. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
that is astounding. That's God. I and mean, that's the Lord. <laughs> yeah, right? Amen. Amen. That's, it is. Wow. It really is. Okay. Well, praise the Lord. Again, that's why I like the story. I mean, it's really God working the whole situation out all the way through. Hmm. But we had this little con, this little studio apartment, and the girls actually had one too. So we had uh, one; they were right down the hall from each other. But we'd get up every morning, and uh, in Dalian, there's only one time zone in China, which you know that, but just right. for the listeners. Sure. And so, at the sun came up at four in June at four thirty in the morning, <laughs> and so we would get up at four thirty in the morning because you know you're already yeah. you're already your time is messed up because of the uh, difference between the United States and China. But yeah. then that, you know, the sun comes up, you wake up. So we would get up and we would we would get breakfast and everything. And then we'd look down and just see people going to work. And mm-hmm. and, and this is, in, of course, no disrespect, but it was almost like looking down and seeing ants, you know, coming out of an anthill because there are just so many people all of a sudden just coming out of their the buildings. And right. I realized that these people, you know, the, these souls that I'm looking at down there, they don't have the opportunity to hear the gospel like we do in the United States. Hmm. And it broke my heart. I realized we, we, need to, we need to get more laborers here. And that's when the Lord started working on my life for China. And I, hmm. I, and I love the Chinese people. They're, they're great. They're just super wonderful people. We had just a, a wonderful time there. We met just, just wonderful people that, you know, that we got to build relationships with. Uh, one of my favorite things to do was go to what's called the English Corner, which is a place where uh, okay. Chinese people will come because they want to learn English, and so they practice it at these club meeting type things. Not really a club meeting, but a, a, an assigned location where you'll other people will meet, and then you can practice your English. And so when we come, it's kind of exciting for them because we're native speakers, and so they right. can hear us speak the language because it's better to learn from a native speaker than it is from uh, another Chinese person. <laughs> because anything, just like when I'm learning Chinese, I'm not going to go to someone that's not a native speaker because right. otherwise I'll learn their bad habits or you know their their accents and things like that. Yeah. So they would really they would they understood this and so they would surround us. We could just have we just had great conversations with these young people. Mm. Usually, most of them were university age. There were some younger, some older, but that's who they were. And so we had a lot of great conversations. And I just realized that they, many of them had never even heard the name of Jesus. Many, uh, they, they don't think about Jesus because their government teaches that there is no God. And so they really aren't thinking about it too much. And, you know, think about it also, Austin. One of the things that we realize in Romans chapter 1 is that the creation itself, right, is what is one of the things that tells us there is a God. Yeah. But you've been to the cities there. What, what do you see every day when you get up and walk out? Do you see much of God's creation or do you see something else? Yeah, I mean, it's they're huge metropolitan areas. Yeah. It's a lot of sky rises, mm-hmm. a lot of um, road and concrete mm-hmm. and um, scaffolding because most mm-hmm. of the cities are growing and yeah. getting bigger. And so, yeah, I do. I, I guess I see your point. You yeah. know, it's. I mean, yes, they they see the sky, even though that is somewhat obstructed by smog and yeah. and pollution. And mm-hmm. they, you know, there are trees, but those are those aren't just out in the wild. I mean, they've been yeah. planted on the roadside in certain places. And so, other than like a park, you know, it's it's not as you're right. It, it mm-hmm. wouldn't be as evident. Hmm. 
And so when we would talk to them at the English corner, I would just ask them simple things and they had never even thought, they just assumed that everything evolved because that's what they've been taught since they were little kids. And just simple questions, well, how did that statue get there? Did someone design it? And, and I would say, well, what do, you, what do you think a tree is? I mean, a tree is much more magnificent than a statue, and yet, it, it, so it obviously has a designer as well. And when I just asked these simple little questions, it was amazing. You can, see, you can almost see the, the wheels turning in their head, and they realized they'd never, I'd realized they'd never even had thought about it. And, wow. and that really concerned me. I realized we need, to get, we need laborers there. They need the gospel preached to them so they can hear how to have eternal life. So what, I mean, were they, how much exposure would the average person at one of these English corners, based on your experience then, uh, I mean, were there a lot of them that, that had heard about Christianity, they'd heard the gospel, but they just thought it was, you know, just something weird and they didn't want to have anything to do with it? Or was it just complete ignorance, like, we don't even know what you're talking about? What was kind of the their level of understanding about the Bible and God and all of those things? Yeah, I would say the overall, I, I didn't actually meet anybody that said they'd like never heard specifically, but it was almost like, kind of like if we think of someone from India, we think Hindu. Right. And so they thought kind of like, well, that's a Western religion. Okay. And so I, so they seem to have an understanding of, in the sense of that, okay, Christianity is just a religion of the West kind of thing. That right. that was the impression I got. I never, I didn't have um, where someone, at least they didn't indicate to me. I'm not saying that this couldn't have happened, right. but they had some like they understood the the, the word Christianity. Mm -hmm. They understood Jesus, but they didn't have any understanding about what the gospel is or true truly what the gospel is it was more like that's something from the west i okay, expect right. you being from the west to talk to me about this right. that was kind of my overall impression that yeah. certainly wasn't you know as you know you can't be you can't be so general but that was my overall yeah. impression just kind of like this this distant yeah almost maybe even otherworldly because I know yeah. that at least for a lot of Americans I mean that's what Americans would think about Hinduism yes. or Buddhism, Buddhism or yeah. mm -hmm. just just very strange and out there mm -hmm. and it, it seems to have no relation to anything here in the states and so kind of that sort that, of that's the, that's the impression I got and maybe they had like when I was in college I I had I took a, a class I was required to take a class where it would talk a little bit about all the religions of the world okay. and I got the impression that they had maybe had take, taken such a class and so right. that was their limited knowledge of Christianity and um, and you know but I don't think anybody had really ever shared the gospel with them. I don't think they really understood truly what Christianity is. Had just, any of them uh, been to church? I mean, maybe they had been to the missionary's church, but other than that... That was uh, the only ones that I talk, talked to. They'd been to the missionary's church that, because they had been to the, um, the English corner before. Okay. But the ones that came, we were able to invite several that came, and they, they had never uh, been to church um, before until that time, but they cool. came. The ones that were at that church, would they have, because they're, they're college students, or predominantly, yeah. would they have been to a church wherever they were from before coming to college? To my understanding, no, they had not been to church before wow. prior to that. Okay. Um, and what, you know, and I, you know, whether there was an underground church available or not, I don't know. Yeah. Wow. 
Hmm. It didn't seem like it, though. They're, and uh, they seem to be very caught up in education and wanting to, you know, improve themselves for this world. Well, yeah, it sounds like the Lord really used that trip. Yeah, so that it was that trip that I just realized that there was a great need there um, and that we could uh, meet that need, uh, that the Lord was moving in, in our lives to, to, to move that way. Yeah, you know, it seems like, you know, it, it, it's so, it seems to me to be so common among Christians in America to think, well, if I'm going to be a missionary, I need to have some PhD, and I need to know the biblical languages, and I need to be able to have written a paper on who the sons of God, the daughters of men in Genesis 6 (laughs) were, and be able to defend my position, and all of these things when, in reality, we, you're... Not all Christians in America, and even even your background would be a bit different perhaps, but there are so many Christians in America who, from a young age, have spent anywhere between maybe one and four to five hours a week at church, Yes. in Sunday school, mm-hmm. and we, I guess, would compare ourselves to maybe really well-known pastors or something and think, well, I don't know a whole lot, but in reality... We, we know the gospel. Mm-hmm. If we know the Lord, we know yes. we know that Christ died. We know that he rose again. We know that he offers salvation. We know that he loves the world. And we actually are, we have so much information that they don't have. And we can get that information to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, we do want to prepare as missionaries. Um, I guess I need to kind of backtrack for Absolutely. just a second and say that. There is a lot of preparation for missions, and, and you do want to be well-versed in the Bible, and you do want to be uh, knowledgeable about uh, Scripture and about ministry and have experience and all of those things, and yet it's not—it's just not this super level of what you have to attain to something you know super high and out-distant. Out it's, hey, you love the Lord, you've read the Bible— you know the stories, and you know the you know the good news, mm-hmm. and you can go that's and, correct. and share yeah. that. Hey Amen. That's right. I I think you know most of us, like you said, have more Bible knowledge, and and the the fact of the matter is in Hebrews it says that we become dull of hearing when we don't apply what we've learned, and mm. the fact of the matter is we we if we would take what we know, the gospel, and uh, the all the stories of the Bible and, and take those and go teach them to others. We, we're going to grow and be ahead of our students all the time. And that's what we can do. And, you know, I'm certainly not a, a Bible scholar. I'm certainly, I, I mean, I was just a layman in a church, uh, but the Lord can use me not because of, not because I'm anything, but because he's a great God. And he, he you read the stories in the Bible and you see that that's what he used. He's ordinary. Amen. Uh, you know, men that are fallible, and he and he used them for his honor and for his glory, and so we absolutely can. I agree with you, hundred percent. That's right. I know. I used to think that. I think missionaries, oh, they must be at a whole nother level, but you know, just ordinary people that are just surrendered and realize that since he died for us, we ought to live for him. Man, um, well, okay, so a. Well, I would assume that it, it, at some point there was like a, a moment where you're like, "Wow, I want to, I want to do this." 
Um, what was that? Was that during that trip or shortly after, or, or how did that how did that transpire? Yeah. So there, there's a couple couple things that happened during that time. So I knew that uh, I knew that God was calling me into missions, uh, but I had some questions. I was never like never running from God, but realizing okay, my age my place in life and kind of where I've been and all those kind of, I just really just took them before the Lord and started asking questions uh, you know a little bit different you know having children that are that are about that are in college or headed to college and then having parents that are getting older those two things you know and I just really asked God I spent a lot of time praying about that asking God well you know how do I navigate through these different things and and so there was there was about a there was several years uh, you know talking with Rebecca about it and and uh, we just several years of of you know seeing God is this your will because obviously you know such a it you know when you're 20 years old it's like steering a, a raft or something you know a little boat because you don't have a whole lot um, that you right. but when you're when you're my age it's more like steering you know turning a big ship you know you, yeah. you really I mean, you sell your house I things you've that. accumulated all those things and so I really wanted to make sure I really you know Lord is this is this really what you want us to do and and just every at every turn and every question the Lord showed me Bible verses to answer those questions uh, help from um, you know my, our, our parents although they're they're frightened for us to go to China they they were behind us and you know that you know that I respect we respect our parents and just that, that their encouragement there, and uh, just those different things. That, and he answered every single one along the way, mm-hmm. and uh, it it's also a grow, you know growing time, growing closer to him. One of the things you know, the, just going back to what we just talked about, how we have all the information we need to go as missionaries, but we do have to grow spiritually because we need the power of God in our life to be able to do the work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, personal growth and continual seeking God and trusting in Him, it's not something like you you attain it and then you're done and then you don't need God as you continue ministering. And I know that, of course, that's elementary there, but at the same time, it's easy for us to think, okay, I've graduated my PhD, you know, now I can just go through and I can do it all my own. But it's it's really... 100% 100% a work of God in and through your life and so you need him and so he's just been growing us over these years and and I, I you know I think that he is going to continue to do that but we have to seek him and trust him this last verse because of everything that's happened this last year with COVID and just the changes uh, we'll probably get here in a minute but we were headed to China last June and there's a year later and it's just you he gave me the verse when COVID started, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know, trust the Lord with all thine heart. And it's all. <laughs> it's not yeah. just part. You know, we have to do. And Because there's been times where I just don't understand why things aren't uh-huh. um, happening, moving the, the way that I would expect them to move and, and in with where the plans have gone. And, and so you really just have to grow in the Lord. And so uh, there was no, like, one night I just where he just was like okay i know for sure it was just a con a continual asking and him answering hmm. and again not rebellion you know i wasn't i wasn't running from him or uh you know i know that a lot of testimonies are like that it was just just a conversation with my father you know yeah. how how are we doing how are we going to do this or how's this going to work out and things like that and he right. just was very gracious and kind through it all and and uh, I'm excited about how he's brought us along the whole way because it's it's really him working in and through us. 
Amen. All right. Well, and you kind of alluded to it, I think, when you talked about you and your wife's parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as, I mean, we're, we're talking about China. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Taiwan. And though those places are different, and, and there are maybe some elements that, that China would carry with it that Taiwan wouldn't have as far as um, maybe the, the same element of persecution. But there's a lot of... Uh, whether you want to call them concerns or, or fears or obstacles that each of these places poses. Um, I mean, you've got language, culture, um, persecution, just different things kind of coming along with, with these places. Any reservations about that? And, you know, how, how do you deal with all of that? Just in this transition and getting ready to go soon and all of that. Yeah, those there, there's certainly um, concerns there with both China and Taiwan. Uh, you know, we've recently redirected to Taiwan to learn the language. That will be our next step because that's what we have to do regardless whether we're going to mainland China or Taiwan. And so that that is our next step. And, and that next step is a big next step because Chinese, I mean, you, you've learned it, so you know how it is to learn. And it's certainly very learnable, um, but at the same time, it's not an easy language. Uh, mm-hmm. It's using a complete, it's not using an alphabet. You're, you're working with characters. Uh, the tones are, uh, we've studied a little bit, about eight weeks so far. And, and one okay. thing, uh, I don't know if you will agree with this or not, but I found out that there's actually only about 100 words in China. Uh, Chinese, but then you have to use you know five different tones with them, uh, four, right. and then the the um, uh, what do you call that neutral uh, neutral tone, and so that. But I mean, it seems like almost I mean a good portion of the words are the same exact word when you look at the opinion of it, but then it, it's a completely different. So I just found that interesting. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm very early in learning, but that just was a, a thing I noticed. So it's definitely a challenge. Uh, that was one of the concerns I had before the Lord. And uh, he actually uh, gave me the life of Moses where he, when Moses said, you know, that I can't go before Pharaoh, you know, and he was concerned about that. And, you know, God just spoke to me through his word saying, you know, what he told Moses, he said, didn't I make your mouth? Hmm. I mean, that's basically what he told Moses. And I figured, well, okay, God, you made my mouth too. And if you want us to learn Chinese, then we'll learn it. Huh. You know, we have to go there, work hard. We have to, you know, be willing to... Uh, be like children again, you know, learning learning a yeah. language, and uh, the, which is a challenge I think for older people more than younger people. I think that's the main difference between an older person learning a language versus a younger person is because a younger person doesn't seem to care as much about you know looking foolish and things like that when it gets harder when you get older. But thankfully, you know, that's been. Uh, taught to me that that's part of one of the struggles so I'm aware of that but that's a reservation of course in learning the language um, but just with that I, again the Lord answered that um, question and so I, I have great faith in the fact that he answered that we have had that eight weeks and there was a, a noticeable progress in that eight weeks and so yeah. I think that it's great. very doable uh, so that gave us some, both Rebecca and I's confidence in that area and so that that would be the first reservation but then obviously going to china there's there's severe persecution that could happen i mean it's very yeah. uh, we can look at recent history and 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 there's some more towards the confidence side that it's not going to be as severe but if you look at longer history 
and then some of the the way that the government is going currently um, there's some more concerns of persecution could be great um, so there's two different ways of saying that like from my perspective I the Lord just has really worked in my life to um, I'm pretty much dead to this temp, the temporary you know when I say that I, I got along I mean I'm, I still have struggles like everyone else but I'm just saying sure. I've really he he really worked in my life back when he called me that I just I don't care that much about this world anymore and, I, and I'm not saying that like a spirit you know like a seriously spiritual person or anything like that but it right. so I really I realize how short life is that's mm-hmm. and yeah. I just know that it's very temporary and so uh, if you if we happen to be persecuted like I mean if I happen to be persecuted like that I would be you know I think I would be fine with it so I don't I'm not hugely concerned about that However, I obviously concerned for my wife. I would not want her to be uh, persecuted, you know, in a very yeah. serious way. And so that would be my main concern there, and one I pray about all the time. Um, so that would be the ones in China. But you know, the, the fact of the matter is, if I could bring some Chinese people to the Lord, and mm-hmm. if I could, you know, and if I can look, you know, there's going to be a when all nations are before His throne praising Him. It, you know, it talks about in Revelation. If I could look to my right and my left and see. Some Chinese people that God allowed me to use me as one of the instruments to bring them there, then yeah. it would be worth it all because that's for yeah. all eternity, you know. So that's yeah. the difference, and that's one of the things that God did. You know, there's this book called The Treasure Principle. It's mm-hmm. by Randy Alcorn. Okay. And I was reading that book about the same time that God called me, and that one of the things that just struck home to me, I realized, you know, I, I know a little bit about investment, not that I've done a lot of it, but I do understand the principles of it. And any investment that you make, you want to make good investments here with your money, right? Sure. And so let's say I make a great investment. You know, recently there was some, uh, the not Bitcoin, but a similar one like that, that I guess okay. went from like 0.06% and like jumped up like 120% or something like that. People okay. that invested $100 like made $20,000 or something. It was just ridiculous. But that's all great and fine if you make an investment like that. But the moment you die, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much your investments earned you here on this earth. Right. You're, you're dead. They're, yeah. You can't use them. They're, they're useless. But any investment we make in eternity, <laughs> it lasts for eternity. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like it's the, the greatest return policy. If you read the Bible, it talks about a hundredfold. I mean, if you invest your life now, then for all eternity, you get to reap the benefits of that investment. And so I, I just realized that, that if that's the case, then it doesn't, you know, anything we do now for that and to see Chinese people uh, come to the Lord is going to be worth that. And, mm-hmm. and you know, plus, you know, just, it's just they need to hear the gospel. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like it, I believe. Do you believe what John, you know, 14, 6 says? Yeah. Right? He is the way. Yeah, the, the truth. truth. Life, yeah. And what? No man cometh to the Father but by him. Yeah. And if that's true, that means that they have no hope unless we go tell them. Mm-hmm. And so those yeah. reservations, that's how I that's how I deal with them. I also deal with them uh well, let me go to the reservations of Taiwan. It's actually considered the most dangerous place in the world right now. Do you know that? I didn't know that. But yeah. It's not if terribly shocking all things considered. <laughs> Ironically, it's the Democrat 
democratically controlled government. It, you can go in as a missionary, and so there's no fear of the government necessarily there. The right. fear of China is the government. That's what you have to fear there in, in, in China. But in Taiwan, you don't um, have to do that. Mm -hmm. But um, it's this go, we won't go into the politics of it all, but I mean, China claims that Taiwan is still, it's a runaway province. And so they're, they have been doing things lately that, uh, you know, there's articles in the, the um, news about every day that talks about how that sometime in the next four years that most likely, again, the experts saying this, and so this is just what they're saying, we don't know. Right. I'm praying that God will protect Taiwan, that this won't happen. But they could attack Taiwan, and it could, uh, that's why they it's meaning China. Yeah, China could, yeah, China could attack Taiwan and take them over. They're right, they're, they're right next to each other. They're, I mean, there are, it, it would be China is obviously the stronger, more powerful country and able to do it, and and um, ta Taiwan is, you know wouldn't be able to to defend you know wouldn't be wouldn't win that war. It'd be really unless God intervened uh, to protect them. Yeah. But so it is it is so that's that is a, a reservation there. But again, the Taiwanese people need to hear the gospel. I need to learn Chinese and and. China's not open at the moment, <laughs> so, right. so, but there's a great need. I hope to go there and be a part of the ministry there. I hope to see Taiwanese, uh, you know, people from Taiwan get saved, and because God allowed us to go there, Amen. I believe He's leading us there. So those those reservations, but how I deal with them the most, uh, Austin, is I, I basically I read the Word every single day, and I I mean you read about the great God that we serve. I, I really don't. Fear a larger country taking over a smaller country because that's only going to happen if God allows it. We see that in the sure. Bible. Uh, we see with Hezekiah. I just read his, him the other day, and it's so awesome. So I I lay Taiwan before the uh, the Lord and say, God, please protect it. Please, you know, help it. It's it allows Christians in there right now. So please help that to can continue. You know, God God can and is able to do answer that prayer. He may, he may not, because we also know that. The world's winding down. Jesus is coming back soon, and so we know that you know there's lots going to happen with that. So I, yeah. with all that, uh, I just read the Bible every day, and as I do, I, I see that we serve a great God, and I know that He's in control, and that He's always taking care of us, and I don't see that changing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Yeah. Well, um, so you have had, you and your wife have had. And, and I guess we all kind of have have had a bit of an interesting year. And when I say us all, I mean yeah, the really whole world. world. Yeah, we've had an interesting year, mm -hmm. um, and we're really a few months into year two with coronavirus kind of altering so many things around the world. But it's altered your plans mm -hmm. in a very acute way, um, and you've kind of alluded to that and how you know you were headed to China, and now you're headed to Taiwan, at least for the language portion. Mm -hmm. of your time on the field. So what what have been some lessons that you've learned? We, we call ourselves, um, obviously you know this, but just for the sake of everyone listening in, you know, we call ourselves the stranded yeah. missionaries. Yeah. Um, thankfully, the majority of the ones who were stranded are no longer stranded, but I feel like the, our two families, and there might be one or two others in there, but we're like the holdouts. Mm -hmm. We're still more or less stranded for various reasons. But... Um, what's this last year been like for you guys? Um, what's the Lord taught you and, and all of that? Yeah, so we were supposed to be in China uh, landing in June of last year. Uh, our youngest daughter got married in May. 
So we were waiting until right after that, and then we were going to go. Uh, we, we had meetings all the way through that time, so we still were finishing raising our support. Uh, but our goal was to be there in June. And then, you know, of course, like you said, this is uh, the one thing is, is, you know, since it's the whole world and not just regional, it's, uh, you know, it's a little easier for people to understand, you know, the situation we're in. It doesn't make it any easier in some respects, but it does as far as the understanding part. Um, right. Because, you know, we, we had said this is what we we're going to do. And we, we had every intention to move in that way, and then it, it just didn't happen. And so, you know, the, the, in James it says that we shouldn't say that we're going to do this or that, um, but that we should say the Lord wills. And, yeah. and I've always kind of, I mean, I've known that verse, and I've always even said Lord willing, but it really came home, right? <laughs> Precisely brought that into sharp focus. Yeah. You realize, uh, and it just... It, it just you just realize that you we have no control over things we can yeah. plan uh, but the lord is the one that direct our steps and and he knows he's got so how god does this and it just shows how incredible he is that he can work in individual lives and yet fulfill his will overall i mean it just shows he's like a master chess player that can move all these people and places and all those things and he he accomplishes his will and even allowing us to make our own decisions and have a free will to do that and yet he's able to work that all around and so it just showed me that he is in control that he has got this and so i don't need to be worried about it um and so that's that's one of the things he's taught me uh reading um uh, uh three kings i don't remember the exact name of it but it talks about Saul David and Absalom and it just reminded me of you know I just read this about David as well you know when he was leaving the the city uh, when Absalom was taken over you know Shimei was throwing rocks at him and kicking dirt at him and stuff like that his mighty men were like let me you know snap his head off (laughs) you know and he could have but David's like you know if God wants me to be king I'll be king and I just really love that perspective um, because we, you know, David didn't stop working, but he knew realized that if he would have tried to battle right then, that there would have been so much uh, death and destruction within the country that it would have been not good. So he just trusted God. If he knew that God put him as king, and that he would make keep him as king if that's what his will was. And so during this time also, that just really encouraged me because I realized that if God wants me to be a missionary in Asia, in Taiwan, China, wherever he has me, then he's going to be the one. He called me. I'm his servant. I'm really yeah. called to him. Right. And so I seek him first. And, and that just gave me a lot of peace and joy, really, because I realized that I don't have to fret about it, even though I have to, you know, take that before the Lord sometimes because sometimes sure. I do fret about it. but. Um, I just cast my care on him, and I know that if he wants me to do this, then he's the one that called me. He's the one that said, uh, as long as I'm not doing anything and preventing it from happening, which, you know, uh, we've tried. So we were supposed to be in uh, China in June, but then uh, Taiwan opened up in uh, late August, and so we started that, that process. We had to totally shift because we weren't thinking that way at all. And so getting all the paperwork together and stuff like that, and then when our visa were supposed to, we were about two weeks from getting our visa, they shut down the country again. And so we weren't able to go then. And then they, in March, they uh, opened it back up. So we immediately applied and got our visas. But then um, 
uh, Rebecca needed to have some surgery and so now we're, uh, we'll find out tomorrow she should be clear to go and for travel and we, hmm. we have tickets okay. purchased for July 17th um, be, because we're, we're gonna go visit um, her mom who had a stroke um, oh, at the be, at the end of May so we had to hmm. so we want to make sure that you know how she's doing everything like that we weren't able to travel because of Rebecca's surgery to go see her before then but right. so that's you know so again we just are trusting God and he's teaching us that we need to trust him with all our heart uh, you know not lean on our own understanding because I could think of you know a sovereign God can do anything there's not enough laborers I can I can start questioning all kinds of things but at the end of the day I know that God uh, is in control and that it will we'll get there as soon as he wants us there and so that's what we're preparing to do <laughs> well great well all right so uh you know well lord willing yeah uh, here in the next few weeks you'll be arriving on the field there in taiwan um and so language school yep and then beyond that um you know i guess a first full term um and, and so what what would be your goals for ministry in 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 China or Taiwan, what are your dreams? What what is it that that you you really like to see accomplished? Looking into the future. Well, yeah, just depending on what the doors the Lord opens up after language school, um, I really like to see us. Uh, you know, our main focus at Vision Baptist Missions is to train men, and so I'd really like to see several churches started our first term. Uh, you know, one of the things I'm. Uh, Due to my age, I'd really like to get a jump start on that. Again, this is my dream. Uh, whether you know what, 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 whether God will uh, do this dream, but what I'm asking Him for is I'd like to start uh, three churches our first term because I think that you know following um, the teaching of Vision Baptist Missions, uh, our pastor, Pastor Gardner, uh, that we can start multiple churches at, at one time, and we just if we can get the right men in there. So I'm praying and asking God right now for the men. Uh, mm-hmm. That I will meet and I'll be able to train. Uh, that He'll give me favor with those men. That He'll call those men, and uh, the goal is to to start multiple churches uh, the first term, and try to get those planted and those uh, men trained and, and taken over those churches by the end of four years. So, well, amen. Uh, you know, the, one of the ways we'll do that is uh, we'll have multiple services uh, and try to get multiple churches going at the same time. And so where we're, I'm, I'm jumping around to services, Rebecca will stay in one particular church, uh, but I will jump around with and be trying to get men in those different areas that we're moving around from. So having different services, different parts of the week. Okay, so training nationals yes. to pastor churches. Yes. All right, amen. Mm-hmm. Well, that's certainly the, the biblical model. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. Praise the Lord for that. All right, well, um, if you could, we're, we're getting towards the end of our, our uh, podcast here. If you could sit down with a young person, particularly a young man, who is considering serving in China, uh, what would you say, what, what advice would you give him, uh, how would you encourage him? First, I'd tell him, good choice. Uh, China is a very needy place, uh, very wonderful place to go i think uh it's a it's a 
if, if you're going to go serve God anywhere, that China is a great choice for that because, uh, first of all, I mean, and not that we focus on numbers too much, but the fact of the matter is it's the largest populated country in the world over almost, uh, you know, 20%, 90% of the population is uh, Chinese. And so it would be strategically important because you, you can go there and uh, you can reach a large people group. The learning Chinese, you're going to be able to talk native in their native language to, to 19% of the, the world's population. Plus, you already know English, and so that's another huge chunk of it. And so I would, first of all, say that's a very good choice, and I, I wholeheartedly am behind them. I would, uh, would say to them that um, they should go visit. Uh, they should really try to get on a uh, try to get on. Uh, if, I know that right now they can't, <laughs> but uh, but my I guess my previous advice before all this would be that they would, should try to get on a missions trip because I think they would see first of all they would see the multitudes they would see the the great need there uh, for laborers and that would stir their heart all the more for China for China. Um, but I also think uh, so. Some other things I would say to encourage them is you know just continue to be preparing themselves. Uh, to you know, really seek the Lord, be reading their Bible every day, be praying every yeah. day, really growing. Because uh, one thing that I have, and I, I don't know if this is, I'm sure this is any mission field. I'm, I'm positive this, but I can't speak from that. But I know going to China, I, I really do believe that it's a stronghold of Satan. I think that you know he's got the whole government saying that there is no God, and so you know that's that's telling 1.4 billion people through their whole school system that there is no God, and that teaching that as a fact and teaching that evolution is how they got there, and uh, you know the, the, there's just really not a gospel witness on a widespread. Um, need so I think it's a, I think it's a very stronghold, um, very much a stronghold for Satan, and it's a very much going to be a spiritual battle getting there, and so they need to be grounded in the Word, they need to be grounded close to God, having the power of God in their life, and they need to be um, working on that on a daily basis, looking for ways that they can grow and strengthen their faith uh, in order to do that, and then. Um, I mean, I think that would be my, my, main, my main things to tell them because, you know, they, they need to be get ready because it is not um, for the faint of heart. But I do, I'm excited for them, and I, um, I can't wait to see them there. All right. <laughs> well, great. Well, I guess just one final thing. Um, if anyone out there is listening and uh, they would like to maybe get in touch with you or learn more about uh, you and your family and, and your ministry, what would be a good way to reach out, whether there's a website or an email or both or something mm -hmm. else, anything? Sure, yeah. So, well, just remember that I was I surrendered to the Lord based on Matthew 9, 36-38, and he talks about the harvest there. So, And we're going to China. So harvestinchina.org is a website that you can find out more about us. It has my information on there as well. But if you want to email me directly, it's harvestinchina at gmail.com. That's harvestinchina at gmail.com. That would be the best way where you can call the church here as well. All right. Well, yeah, if anyone out there wants to get in touch with Ty and maybe pick his brain through email a little bit more, that'd be the way to do it. All right. Well, Ty, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's good talking with you. And um, we'll definitely be praying for your uh, upcoming departure 
for Taiwan uh, coming up here very soon. When was the date again? Uh, July 17th. July 17th. Yeah. Okay. So well, thank you so much for having me on, Austin. This has been great. I've really enjoyed it as well. Looking forward to seeing you in Taiwan. we praying for you to get there quickly as well. Yeah, Lord willing, yeah. in the next two or three months, we'll be there too. So, Amen. Um, start doing podcasts from the other side of the world. That's anymore. right. Let's, looking forward to it. Well, this concludes today's episode of the A Thousand Lives broadcast. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode for another exciting story from the life of Hudson Taylor. It's been a while since we considered a story from his life, so I'm excited to circle back around and hear from him again. I would encourage you all to keep Ty and his wife in your prayers as they gear up to head to Taiwan next month. Pray that the Lord would give them a smooth transition as they get set up and begin their deep dive into the language and culture. Thank you again for listening to the A Thousand Lives broadcast. This has been Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. There you'll also find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends as well as encouraging others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, until next time, 再见。